0: Thank you, thank you. you, you. Put your hands together for Pastor Jordan. I was about to say, put your hands together for me, but that wouldn't be appropriate at all. No, it wouldn't. But good morning, everybody. I'm so happy to be here this morning. Um, Not sure. Again, I'm not sure how it happened, but here we are. You know, when you say yes to Jesus, you're saying yes to everything. Probably. Let's go back. Let's roll it back to 2003 when I moved out here. I, I met with Pastor Dale, and I said, I'm a blank check. I'm called to serve the Lord. I'm called to ministry. And, you know, I, I didn't go church shopping. I didn't go church hunting. I just came here because I had family that was here. And I knew it was a good church, and I knew God was on the move. I knew it was kingdom mindset here. And so I said, I'm a blank check. Fill it out however you want. Now, I might not say that anymore. Because I also understand, like, well, you know, uh, you know, there's gifts and callings and areas that we should serve in. And, but, but that was my mindset as a young person coming out of Bible school, wanting to get involved. I said, just, I just want to serve. I just want to see God's kingdom advance. I just want to see the church built up in love into him who is the head. Amen? Well, there's a lot of ways that check got filled out. <laughs> you know, it's like miscellaneous pastor. Really was my job description. You know, I did whatever it took as as often as I could. One of the ways that I got involved first. Now, I I know that my primary calling is as a mouthpiece. I'm called to preach the word of the Lord. I'm called to to prophesy. To the dry bones, and so on and so forth, and that's just the way it is. And uh, but guess what I got started doing here at Praise Fellowship. Old Pastor Rick pulled a little quick, fast one, old bait and switch. He <laughs> he invited me to a to no not worship. Worship came after I served in other ways. Um, he he invited me to a meeting about this ministry called Sidewalk Celebrate. Sidewalk celebrate got the t-shirt Got the battle scars and we we were we it was already going But he invited me to this we're gonna hear all about it when I got there. He said so here's Tim He's gonna help lead worship for the kids I Thought I was coming to an informational meeting where I'd have a chance to decide Whether or not to be involved and I was now leading this this team and uh i thought kids i don't do kids (laughs) i had a baby a little baby tiny baby maybe another one i don't know (laughs) at that time but i was probably 23 24 and uh not a kids person i love my babies but i didn't believe I had any calling, any gifting, any ability. I, I literally believe the opposite, that I'm just not that, I'm not good with kids. I don't care about them that much, except the little ones I have, but like not doing, you know what I mean, like not, I'm not going to be some kind of a kindergarten teacher or whatever. Well, Rick didn't care about that. <laughs> He didn't. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so what I learned, I said yes to God. I said, I'm a blank check. Fill it out. This is what happens. You follow the crumbs back to the cookie. You serve in ways that you can. You serve in ways that it's needed. Because to God be the glory. Well, I started, uh, you know, and what, here's the other thing. He made me play this song called Hop on the Bus. I don't like being made to do anything. I'm not that kind of person. Like, I'm a rule breaker. I don't, you know, I, if you tell me to do it, it's the high probability that it's not going to happen now. You let me, you trick me and make me think it's my own idea. All of a sudden, I'm doing it and I'm all in. Well, he made me play Hop on the Bus. And I still have nightmares about that song. No, it, it, it was good. Hop on the bus, God's on the move, there's room for me, there's room for you, and so on and so forth. Well, I went and I was faithful, and I, I, I half-hearted, you understand. God will work with you when you're half-hearted. Just, just be available. And I went and I helped and I worked with these kids, little street rats from Jamestown. For real. And uh, we're in a park, and we're just set up, and we're just doing our thing. And and, uh, what I learned is that you don't have to be uh, called to children's ministry. Jesus said, if you give a cup of water in my name to one of these, there's a great reward. If you can pass out water, if you can pass out, if you can count the correct... Number of animal crackers and put them in a little cup, and hand them out. And you keep a few in your pocket for slipping under the table of the kids. Like you want to behave here? Here, Scooby snack, Scooby snack for you. But this is what I. <laughs> this is how I get off track. I'm trying to remember. Well, what I did learn, along the way is that God will equip you. Guess what I found out, what I didn't know? And I'm still not sure if it's true. But I found out that at least when I was willing and said yes and served, God equipped me. All of a sudden, I was a, a children guy. Or how, you know, after that first little event, people said to me, wow, you're really good with kids. <laughs> what? I'm... It was true. It wasn't true until I said yes. It wasn't true until I, I didn't even sign up, I got duped. But it wasn't true until, a... <laughs> I mean, I showed up. I showed up. And this is what I know. They The kids have the energy. You don't need to have all the energy. You can be just as lame and boring and old and whatever the case may be. No offense, but grandmas and grandpas make really amazing kids ministers. You don't need the energy. They have the energy. You can borrow a little from them. This this is real. They will draw out of you what you need. And then after that you'll, you know, crash and fall apart and turn back into dust or whatever happens to you. I well, you know this way you know what you're signing up for. <laughs> but you know what happened the next year? Same same process. Hey, come to the meeting. We're going to have the meeting. I think oh I'm going to you know run this worship kids outreach worship team bump and hop on the bus let's go I showed up to the meeting and Rick says Oh this is Tim he's going to he's going to lead the whole outreach What? Yep, yep and that's what's happening and then he kind of walked out That's a form of empowerment by the way. He believed in me. He believed in me. I don't know what he saw. Maybe he saw some leadership in leading. Uh, You know, I had to pull a team together for the worship, had to organize, got people involved, yada, yada. He must have saw something. And now I'm leading the children's ministry outreach thing in Jamestown. You say yes to the Lord. To him who has, more will be given. And and to him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. It is necessary for a steward to be found faithful. And we are stewards of his grace. The gifts and the callings of God in your life are without repentance. That means he doesn't change his mind about you. But he does require that what he gives us, we use. Use it or lose it. That's how it works in the kingdom of God. So I just want to pile on to that. As many of you are, as are able to serve with the kids, there's no greater field. There's no greater calling. There's no better return on investment. So, that's not what I came here to talk about this morning. (laughs) But I did say, Lord, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, let's get after it. So, Thanksgiving. Also, don't want to talk about that, if that's all right with y'all. I think we need to be thankful always. It's just like Easter, you know, like... Hey, this is Resurrection Sunday. I thought last week was Resurrection Sunday. I thought we met on the first day of the week because Jesus is raised to new life and seated at the right hand of God the Father, and he's sending forth his Holy Spirit. So I I don't always get into the, like, this is the week that it has to be. God says, come into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. God's will for you is that you operate in thankfulness. Still not trying to talk about that. I'll tell you one thing I am thankful for. I'm thankful that he is building his church, amen? What I would hope to have happened this morning by the time we leave is that we walk away as a family, having had our expectancy raised, having had our uh, view of what is what God is capable of increased, which is kind of a dumb thing to say because it's like, what is God capable of? Everything, infinity, man you can you can't you can't increase that but our capacity to to uh, believe him and to expect and to pursue him for for great things that can increase and it needs to increase in this hour in this church and i would say in probably just about every church that gathers we Sometimes think too small. We sometimes believe too small. And I hope that's going to change us a little bit this morning. So I want to talk to you about the promises of God. We were in a whole series, and there's God, if he says it, we believe it. That's how we're dealing with promises. If he said it, I believe it. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it. And one of the things Jesus promised, he promised he would build his church. Go to Matthew 16, 13 through 20 in the English Standard Version I have here. Matthew 16. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do you say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah and or one of the prophets and he said to them who do you say that I am Isn't that the question That's the se- that's the kind of question that's going to separate the sheep from the goats at the end of the age But who do you say that I am Simon Peter replied I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Because Jesus is going to build his church. He doesn't need them to go do all this. There's a time and a season, and he has a plan and a purpose. And I want to tell you this morning... Ray's Fellowship of Russell P.A., Inc. Maybe not Inc., I don't know. (laughs) Probably, maybe not. (laughs) You're entering into, or have already entered into, a new season in God. And God is saying, forget the former things. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert, springing forth. It's probably Isaiah 40 something. <laughs> This is a new season, not because I say so. I can say that wherever I want, wherever I go. It wouldn't make it the truth, right? He who has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Jesus is building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said he would. I believe he will. And by the way, we're here as evidence today that he has been throughout the centuries building his church. So, what can we say about the church that Jesus is building? This is where I want us to kind of like. This will be a trigger to some of you, but I'll say it anyways. You need to upgrade your view of the church. We don't have permission to talk bad about the church. I I bristle when I hear someone say, oh, the church, ah, and then they say all whatever they want to say out of their brokenness and issues and difficulties, and they say all this and that about the church, and it's like, try saying the bride of Christ, and then say all that. Doesn't mean there isn't issues. Doesn't mean there isn't brokenness. But we need to come into alignment with what his word says. Amen? This is what I believe. I believe Jesus is building a victorious church. I believe he's building a glorious church. And I believe the victorious, glorious church that Jesus is building is unstoppable. Now, why would I think that? Because he said, I'm building my church. We want to make sure we're building the church that he's building. I'm building my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Consider the builder for a minute. I want look at the builder and the blueprint. And I hope that in doing that, you're going to say, Whoa, the church that Jesus is building is victorious and glorious and unstoppable. Consider the builder. Go to Colossians 13:20. I'm sorry. Colossians, probably chapter 3. There's no chapter here. just Colossians. Okay, 13. Chapter 3, verse 13, most likely. If it's not that, flip to other chapters until you find it. It's probably 3. I'm sure it is. It must be. It needs to be this morning. (laughs) Turn to the whole book of Colossians. (laughs) It says this, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now listen in verse 15. Did you find it yet? That's what I said. One, Colossians 1... Are we there? Come on folks, gotta keep up. Colossians one verses fifteen now says He speaking of Jesus, this is the this is the the kingdom of his beloved Son. This is the beloved Son. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. By the way, the the powers and authorities, the principalities and powers, the rulers and authorities, the spiritual forces of wickedness were created by Jesus who's building the church and kicking in their gates. They are not able to stop the church. They're not. We're more able to stop the church from advancing than they are. Whenever we cooperate with them in their attempts to unravel things. Where were we? Verse 17... And he is before all things. I'm sorry, the second half of verse 16. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. If the church is in the business of reconciling people to God, that's their ambassadorship. And that is what Jesus is doing. And Jesus is the one who created all things. And it, all things are created for him, not just by him, but for him. Then it, it shall surely happen. It shall surely happen. It shall surely come to pass. Like what he purposes is unstoppable. Hebrews 11, I'm sorry, now I'm getting mixed up again. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. A little more of the same. I just want you to see who the builder of the church is, and then you might, you might say, well, what, isn't what he's building glorious and victorious and unstoppable? Because he's glorious and victorious and unstoppable. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. I'll read that again. Just in case if you're writing down notes, you'd write, you'd write something about this down right here. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. Jesus who upholds the universe by the word of his power, said he would build his church. And the gates of hell can't do jack about It's like a modern English translation. <laughs> they really can't. Jesus, the glorious one, who spoke the world into existence, do you know when he said, let there be light? It's still happening, y'all. Do you know that the universe is still expanding? That galaxies are still being formed? Let there be light. That one word is still happening. That's the builder. It is because of who Jesus is, and it is because he said, I will build my church, that I have all confidence that this local gathering of his church that he's building is stepping into a new season. Because if the best was in the past, I just don't think he'd be here anymore. I really don't. If Satan could stop God's plan and purpose for praise fellowship, he would have already, believe me, because he's tried. But here we all are, gathered for one reason, the presence of God to transform our lives, and that through our lives, he can transform our region. what about the blueprint really quick the blueprint Ephesians 2 oh, I hope this is right Ephesians 2 19 through 22 I do that to check if anyone's che- actually reading or not or it could or it could be that I make a lot of mistakes I don't know Ephesians 2 19 through 22 <laughs> Listen to the design. Here's the blueprint. This is the building that Jesus is building. And it tells us something about the church. It says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple. Jesus is building a holy temple in the Lord. In him you all by his Spirit. The church that Jesus is building. He is building according to his father's design. And the design is that you and I, as living stones, Peter says in another spot, as living stones are being built together as a temple to host the presence of God. And that is why I say the church should be glorious. If this is the temple of the living God, and it is, that's what he's building, than it is to be a a, a hosting of his presence in his glory. Somebody come and arm wrestle me over this. There's people like, I know I could beat him, but that wouldn't mean that he wasn't right, because he's preaching right from the word of God. The church that Jesus is building is glorious and victorious and unstoppable. What can stop the church? It's sort of a rhetorical question, but I also plan to answer that. I have three things. And nothing can stop the church. You're right, Carl. It's good to see you, buddy. It's been a few few years, anyways. <laughs> what can stop the church? Nothing. Let's try this together. You guys are going to shout "nothing" when I say "what." When I say "what can stop the chur- church," and then point. Okay? Let's not hurt ourselves in doing this. What can stop the church? Nothing, nothing can stop the church because of who's building it and what his plans and designs are. Nothing can stop the church. And yet, I'm about to try to give you three things that can stop the church. So how can that be? That's like a non-contradiction. You're violating the laws of logic and some of these things. Well, here's the difference. Here's the difference. If this local gathering were to disappear today, that does not stop the church. If as a leader I were to fail and fall down and 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 my my congregation fell with me that does not stop the church because there's a universal church and then there's local bodies when we think of the body of christ we think often of you know there's this body and we're all members and we always think local and that's fine it's it's Part of how it, the metaphor works this is this you've got to have a place where you, where your family is, where people know you, they can speak truth into your life and v- vice versa, and, and they pick you up when you're down and v- and back and forth, right? But when Jesus talks to the church, a lot of times he's talking about the whole big enterprise, and it seems counterproductive to my purpose this morning to come and say that. Church is glorious, victorious, and unstoppable, and then tell you how you're going to get stopped. I don't believe that's what the destiny of this house is. I think if this place was going to be stopped, it would have already. But I have to say these things. I didn't have to say I'm at at Real Life because we had, um, I had these notes. I was planning, this two weeks ago. I was planning on saying these things, but we were also saving time for testimony about what God was doing in this outreach that we had just had. And I knew I needed to save time, so I never got to it. But I also felt like I have to preach this. I have to preach this. And so it's for here. Three things will stop the church, stop this local or any church. This is how Satan works. Three things. Dysfunction. That's in leadership more than anything. Because as the leader goes, so goes the the rest of y'alls. Dysfunction in leadership can undo what God's doing. But praise the Lord, he can also work those things out. The second one is disunity. This is powerful. Because disunity can provide dysfunction into leadership, but the congregation can easily play a role. In fact, the leadership can be unified, but two really important members of the congregation can be at odds. And it creates chaos and dissension, and rub and 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 people move out and, and they, they come away from the church. They they don't identify that it's the brokenness of people, they say it's the brokenness of the of what Jesus is building, and then they go off on their own and then the enemy's like, Gotcha. I just needed you to peel off and be alone where I can really do my work. Third one is I've got distraction, but you could just as easily say uh, disengagement. It's when each member of the body is not activated in their gifts and callings. Chapter and verse, Pastor, you can't just make up words that start with dis and then say that's what it is. Go to Ephesians 4.11. I'm good. I'm good. This is definitely Ephesians 4 this time. Ephesians 4.11 and the following verses says, so Christ himself gave the apostles. This is the leadership of the church, by the way. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. If the leadership, the prophets, apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, so on and so forth, are more about don't don't think don't hear me saying this is what's happening you know i don't think i don't i'm just preaching the word of god you get convicted you know you can send your emails to jordan <laughs> or you can you know hang up and dial 911 and they'll talk to you <laughs> but If the apostles, the pastors, the preachers, the the prophets, evangelists, if they're not equipping the saints for the works of service, some of your uh, translations say ministry. We like that word minister. Oh, well, to be the ministers. Ministry means service, to serve. That's all it is. You know when when they call in in, in the English parliament, government, you know, such and so was the minister of whatever? They're the public servant. We're not getting political this morning, but if the, if, the, if the leadership isn't activating the body because somehow they've been hired by the body to, do, to be the professional ministry, it's actually dysfunctional. And, and that church would be easy enough to stop. Moving on, verse 13. Uh, the, the whole goal here, the second half of, of 12 here, is that the body would be built up we want to see the body built up. And then verse 13 says, Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's number two is disunity. The whole, the whole idea is that there's going to be unity we have to reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the son of god and become mature a church that is unified and growing more like jesus and becoming mature the more maturity there is we don't want to have everybody be mature that would mean there was no new believers there's no reproduction there's no little people to invest in But that there's those that are mature and are stepping into their calling and serving in different ways that they can and building the whole body up to become more and more like Jesus who is the head. That unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God is what makes a church unstoppable. The way the enemy works is he tries to bring disunity. And if he can do that, then he can really go to town. Then he can stop at church. There's a blessing commanded when brothers dwell in unity. You know the song. You're like, don't do it. There'll be no Hebrew dancing this morning. Okay. Not today. (laughs) final one is distraction, and we're just going to keep reading here. Verse 14, it says, uh, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead speaking the truth in love if there's unity you can speak the truth in love iron can sharpen iron Because if I know that you really love me because we walk in unity We have relationship and you're going to say something that I don't like the feel of or I don't want to hear maybe even in the moment But I know that it came from a place that was a heart for my own good and for the highest and best Now we, can, now we can grow up in him. And there's got to be unity. And there's got to be uh, leadership that's unlocking the creative potential of the children of God. And, and, and unlocking and unleashing and saying, you know, we're not here to do it all. We're here to help you grow in who God called you to be. Maybe the biggest uh, characteristic of, of a, a leader in the church is to be able to see what God put into people. And then to trick them into being signed up for something. <laughs> no. There's all kind of ways you can do stuff. <laughs> really worked for me. Last one is distraction. It just says this. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. For from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Every single one of you has is a part of the body, and there is an assignment for you. The only question is whether you're going to engage in it or not. A disengaged or distracted member of the church, or, or, or if the whole membership is that way, that is a church that is not at all hard to stop, because they're contained. We think of, of oh, as long as we're still here, we're we're not we've not been stopped. But if you're not. Uh, expanding into the territory that God's given you, if you're not, you know, moving forward as, with teams of outreach and worship and discipleship and deliverance and you name it, serving the community, etc. you effectively have been stopped. Because the enemy doesn't care if a bunch of people uh, gather and, and sing praise to Jesus and do whatever they do, but they're never growing to the point that they break out of their boundaries. there are plenty of churches that have been meeting for a hundred years and they might meet for a hundred more but as long as that's all they do in those four little walls then they're just not a threat gates of hell are not concerned about a group of people that aren't coming to kick them in each part does its work it talks about it says for the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament the body grows up and builds itself up when every parts doing its work and that's back to the beginning where the leaders have to get get people activated to do the work of ministry and building each other up. It can be in home groups. It can be one-on-one discipleship and mentoring. It can be a lot of different ways. There's so, so many ways that you can be involved, but what will stop the church, what will stop any local church, is when you have a distracted and disengaged body. Other translations talk about it as a joint, with every joint with which it is equipped. It's a tricky little line to, to translate. But What do you see in a joint? Like, here's, here's my knee. It's a knee, right? What part is the knee? If you're going to break my knee or whatever you're going to do, what part is the knee there's a kneecap that's not really the knee there's I got a femur, whatever this one is, the shin bone there's probably a real name for it Tib, tibia tibula <laughs> the kneecap is the patella there is what else is there there's that bit in the middle that if it gets it goes away you Need a replacement, cartilage, what are those called? Ligaments is bone to bone, tendons, muscle to bone. No, maybe, I don't know. Muscle to muscle. Muscle to bone is ligaments, uh, uh, the part that bleeds. <laughs> what is that? You know what it is, the ves- vessels, blood vessels. I didn't, I didn't work this out. I don't have notes for this part. Nerves. A joint is a team. A joint is relationships. A joint is all the members coming together. The joint is where there's different um, parts that have different functions, and when any one of them is missing, it doesn't work right. Cut off your big toes sometime and see how that works. I guess you Supposed to make it hard to walk (laughs) when that happens. Listen to this. I'm going to close with this, and that's the cue to the really sharp guys that know what to do. It's actually a D sus. It's not just a D. I never told you that part because I didn't think you were ready. (laughs) D sus. Yeah, let's have it. So um John 13. This is this is for you guys. I got all kind of extra scriptures that I could share this morning, but we don't need to cuz this will say it right here. It's John 13 34 through 35. Jesus this is the last supper. This is him with fleeting moments left with the disciples. He's unpacking a lot of things that are super, super important. This is one of them. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another Jesus wasn't talking just about a feeling in your heart Because what what was the context he had taken the form of a servant? He had wrapped the towel around his waist. He had washed the feet and he says you should serve each other love is expressed through serving And he said if you guys all serve each other. The world would know that you're my disciples. The communication of the gospel through the church is clearest when every member does its part in serving each other, living the love that Jesus has shed abroad in your heart when everybody is activated the world can't help but see and there's an evidence given to who he is and i would say this in closing god's plan for the world is the church i think it's a dumb plan i shouldn't say it like that i always get in trouble i made it this far and then i would step on myself i think I wouldn't do it that way because it's too tricky. I would say, Jesus, do your thing. And Jesus said, my thing is to be seated at the right hand of the Father, pour out my spirit to these ones, and I'm going to build my church with these guys. And the way that they love each other is going to show the world who I am. So God's plan for the world is the church, but God's plan for the church is you. You pray for us. Lord, we bless you, we honor you, we praise you, we thank you for your um, power that is at work within us, that you do exceedingly abundantly more than we ask or can even imagine or even think to ask you. You're capable of so much more than that. Lord, I pray you in this moment expand, expand our view of the church that you're building, of the glorious, victorious, unstoppable bride that you are preparing for yourself. Lord, I pray you cause each of us to see that our growth And becoming more like you involves serving everybody around us in some sort of way that you've made us for, you've designed us for, and we can't step into our destiny or purpose without doing so. Lord, I thank you for this house. I thank you for this unstoppable place that you are not through with. And I just declare this morning, the best is yet to come. And I'm going to echo the words of, uh, some of you remember, Lynn Myers. You know what I'm going to say. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Something like that. Get ready. Get ready. Let's do this. If your life was an account, a bank account, Are you ready to sign the check but not fill it in? You know what I was doing when I said I'm a blank check? I was trusting the leadership because I was trusting them that they were going to write the same thing that God wanted written on there. I'm not even asking you to go that far this morning. But would you present yourself before the Lord right in this moment and say, God, I'm a blank check. Fill it out how you want to. Fill it out how you see best. And I want to tell you something. Sometimes it's not what you think because he's leading you in a path, and he's making you ready for the destination along the way. The journey prepares us for where we're going a lot of times. Lord, we turn ourselves over to you in this moment. In Jesus' name.